Welcome to Documentary First, an inside look at a first-time filmmaker's journey. I'm your host, Josh Lindsay, from the Movie Proposal Podcast, and with us is our first-time filmmaker, Christian Taylor. Hello, Josh Lindsay. Hello, Christian Taylor, sitting in a hotel room. <laughs> I am in Paducah, Kentucky, believe it or not. Mm, Paducah. And not in a hotel room, still in his basement, hasn't left in... 18 months is Jason Rugg. <laughs> hey there. No, hey. you've been outside, haven't you? A couple times. Yeah, because he has to go chase the cinnamon rolls. <laughs> it's true. I don't know if anybody follows Jason on Twitter, but he's a cinnamon roll lover. So, uh... <laughs> yeah, I see the post and the pictures, but I don't really stop to read anything. <laughs> what, what's that, the story with the cinnamon fair. rolls? Yeah. Uh, I, I like cinnamon rolls. I've been tweeting things about cinnamon rolls for the last year or so. Like every couple tweets, I tweet something about a cinnamon roll. And so it kind of became my brand. And so I, I made a, um, a promise that when I hit 2000 followers on Twitter, I was going to review some cinnamon rolls. So last night I, um, I went and bought 10 mini cinnamon rolls from pizza hut and ate all of them in one sitting Ew. and it was horrifying yeah. <laughs> and you should go watch the review because i i like almost cry a couple times <laughs> so are you gonna do this over a course of time with several different cinnamon roll distributors i think i think the plan is for three thousand. i might get a cineholic cinnamon roll which is one of my favorite cinnamon rolls so we'll see we'll see making plans we'll see all right sounds good <laughs> Well, if you guys don't follow Jason on Twitter, you should at Jason Ruggie. Um, <laughs> it's a <laughs> Jace Ruggie. Yes, Jace Ruggie. Yeah. Thank you. All right. So, Christian. Yes. You've made a movie. You have a distributor. <laughs> it's it's on iTunes. People are buying it. That's crazy. It is crazy. It is really, really crazy. So let's back up for a second, though. Before people could buy it, there was a pre-sale process. I know we talked about that briefly in the previous podcast or two. So bring us up to date on the pre-sale process, if you would. Yeah. So our distributor talked to us about doing this pre-sale period. Um, and he, since our distributor is in Canada and Canada's Memorial Day is a week before ours, we released it a week earlier in Canada and promoted it for purchasing on the Memorial Day weekend. And that went pretty well. Then they uh, sent us our bit.ly link for the purchase location on iTunes and asked us to do several days of pre-selling. And at that time, we... Uh, it's It's been an interesting process. I expected our distributor or any distributor to take over the marketing of the film after it was done. You know, you kind of handed them the baby and they took it for a run and grew up with it, right? Or grew it up. And I anticipated them giving us a marketing plan. Like, this is what we are going to do. This is what we need you to do. This is how you do it. Um, that is not how it happened in this case. Uh, in this case, they were waiting for us to give them our marketing plan, which I didn't understand. But on a very short dime, my team, led by Savannah Woods and Mindy Cook, turned in a kick-ass marketing campaign 
uh, that really blew me away. We sent it to the distributor and they have been incorporating that into their plans. Um, you know, we really didn't understand a lot about their plans uh, until we had a call with them and I really wanted to learn what their plans were, um, which I finally got. Um, and basically the plan that Savannah Woods uh, designed and Mindy Cook designed is it, it was going to be, uh, we were going to target people in email marketing and on social media marketing. And we were really going to reach out, do fam, family and friends, grassroots marketing. And so what FFS asked us to do in the pre-sale period was to get a lot of people to rate the film and review it that had already seen it, because those ratings and reviews would bump us up in the iTunes documentary chart. So we did that by sending out emails to the 1,500 people in our email database, as well as putting a lot of things on our social media, which I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you probably saw. And that yielded about, uh, I would say, 82 reviews before it ever released. And we got all five stars except for one. But I think that one star was accidentally given because they gave a great review. So I'm not sure why we got a four star there. But anyway, um, we had a lot of, of five stars and we had uh, great reviews. And so when we came out on iTunes on the very first morning of June 1st, I think we were 45th on the list and quickly climbed during the day as people purchased the film. So on June 1st, when we released, by the end of the day, we were sitting in the ten, number 10 spot of all the documentaries on iTunes. So, you know, it was a shocking revel revelation to wake up in the morning and see us at number 10. And we were at one time 38, then we were 35, then uh, you know, I think we were 18 and I just was watching it climbing the charts and it was such an incredibly amazing feeling, uh, to think that people were actually buying the film and reviewing the film. And I read every review. I mean, now I think we're up to 92 reviews. I check it all the time. When you make a review, I've learned it takes 24 hours in order to be public. And so it's just, been so incredible to see what everybody's been saying about the film. And, you know, we even um, were hoping we could nudge some sales along uh, because they told us that we needed to come out with selling at least 300 in the first 10 days or whatever. So uh, there were a handful of us that bought numerous ones and gifted them to our friends. Uh, so we did help out our numbers a little bit. Uh, but for the most part, uh, they are all like first time sales uh, people that have been listening to my other podcast, the Holy Post podcast, they have been hearing about this project for five years. And so they, a lot of them went to rent it or buy it and then watch it and have sent me messages about how much they love the film. So it's been very exciting. It has felt as much as it could feel like a theatrical release. It has felt that way. Um, and it's been exciting to see people excited about the film. And so I've been, I've been very pleased. I, I, we have fallen now to number 16, I think. Let me check it right now. Live <laughs> checking. <laughs> uh, I, so I'm going to check it while we're talking. Yes, what's your next question? Go ahead, go ahead Jason. 
All right. <laughs> Go cinnamon roll man. Ask a question. <laughs> well, I, I was just going to say that that um, the practice of buying copies and sending them to people is not at all uncommon. So th- that's actually a major strategy a lot of people have. You know, if you have a Kickstarter or you have um, a Patreon or different things like that, you generally you'll find the creator will seed that first, either by like giving money to their friends and having them, you know, go support it or you know the, the, a lot of people will throw money in in kind of sideways ways to make it look like oh we've got a bunch of supporters or oh we have you know and so actually buying the movie and giving it to people is actually like the most above board way you can do it <laughs> well i mean honestly the thing about being in one of the top spots is that other people then see your movie so there are categories when people go to apple tv that say recently added or top documentaries and they're listed there and um you know they then rent them based on those top documentaries and their reviews of course and so it is important to be in those top slots and we i did want to genuinely buy copies of the film to people that worked you know with the film or on the film and so it, it worked out well i felt like i was giving them a gift to thank them for working on the film and uh, but yet it did, you know, help our numbers. It's interesting as I've been watching these documentary charts, how quickly they change. They change during a day. So the number one film at this moment is Bastards Road. Bastards Road was a film that was with us at the um, Beaufort International Film Festival. We actually beat them in the best um, duty and honor category as well as the audience award category. But it's a phenomenal movie. Like, I don't know how we won. It's a phenomenal movie. It's number one. Well, you know, yesterday it was number 13. And this movie only has 41 reviews. And yet I'm looking at ours and we have 93 reviews and five stars. We both have five stars, but I'm guessing they have sold more movies today than we have. Um, And yet there's some movies on here like Restrepo, which was made in 2010. It's number nine on the charts for the last several days. It's been number one. Um, So, you know, it, it really does change as the hours go by based on how interested people are in that particular film. Right now it's Bastards Road is one, Resurgence is two, Stray is three. We even have one on here, which is Paris is Burning. Paris is Burning right now is the number six movie on iTunes, and it was put out in 1990. So it really is whatever people are watching and buying that day. The Wrecking Crew is uh, from 2015. It's on here ahead of us. Um, so you also have ones that are releasing, like Ahead of the Curve is one spot ahead of us, and they released on June 1st, same day we did. There are zero reviews and zero stars, and yet they are in the 15th place. So either a ton of people are watching their film or they're buying a lot of copies, Um you know, and interestingly enough, like Moby Doc, Moby Doc has two and a half stars and six reviews, and it's in 10th place right now. So unless some, you know, unless there's, I mean, I, the only way I can explain it is a lot of people are buying or renting, and that's why they're in those top spots. So I, go ahead, Josh, you had a question? Well, yeah. So can anyone just throw a movie up on iTunes? How, how does that work? Well, you have to have a relationship with iTunes. Now, there are two ways it can happen. 
So your distributor can go to Apple TV and make a deal with Apple TV Plus, just like they can with Netflix or Hulu and get money up front. Or your distributor can create an account with iTunes and upload the movie there so that people can purchase it. And in our case, our distributor did that. They did not go to you know, Apple TV and say, hey, we, we want to sell you this. Give us money and here's the film. So that is, of course, the more ideal way to be on Apple TV. But um, in this case, that's not what happened. And then my other question is about the marketing campaign when you were wondering what your distributor was going to do and they're wondering what you were going to do. Uh, was that just something that just never came up in conversation when you were making a deal with them? Like it just never occurred to you kind of thing? Great question, Josh. Uh, it occurred to me. Uh, however, in our um, distribution agreement, there was nothing specifying the marketing, who, you know, how the marketing was going to play out. It just said that, you know, the distributor was going to be doing the marketing and they were going to use our elements and uh, but marketing was included in the distribution deal. So we assumed they were going to be doing a lot of the marketing and they are. However, we have not been privy to, to any of that marketing. I don't have a list of everybody they've pitched to. I don't have a list of, of what they did for their marketing now. Um, and I, I did start asking them back in January or February to meet with their marketing team because I have a whole team of marketing people that's been waiting and standing by to be able to create a campaign with them that would that we would coordinate. I asked for press releases in advance. I asked for lots and lots of stuff in advance, and that never happened. Um, so it did kind of come to a head where uh, I got very frustrated and had my uh, my bad cop, David Patterson call, um, because I didn't feel like I was getting a lot of answers to my questions. Uh, and then we all had a call together and sorted it out. Um, I'm not exactly sure what was happening on the other end, but, um, David Patterson told me from the beginning that no matter who the distributor is, I'm going to be the one ending up marketing and selling my film. Like I have to be the one that drives the sales. And so far, that has been the case. Uh, the relationships that I have made, I've brought those deals to the distributor. Um, and so we'll just have to see. But, you, you know, I think it's erroneous to think that you're going to take your film, turn it over to someone and not have anything to do with it anymore. You can do that, but I don't know that you're going to end up making money on the back end. Okay. Speaking of money, uh, you, you've got some sales coming. How does people buying or running the movie affect your bottom line? So right now on iTunes, we just got a report today. There have been 254 transactions. Now that may not sound like a lot when you hear, you know, thousands of people or millions of people buying or seeing something. Uh, but 254 copies of the film have been rented or sold. Six of them have been rented. All the rest were purchases, which is great. Um, and it really is respectable giving, given the fact that we've only been out three days. Um, 
So the way the profits break down is Apple will get some of that money. The distributor then gets a check. That check then pays some of the marketing costs are paid out of there. Some of the distribution expenses are paid out of there. Whatever's left, uh, they keep 25% and I get 75%. And so I probably won't see that for, I don't know, maybe 18 months or so. Uh, I do think that we get to see the books at every quarter so that we can see kind of what's going on. Um, I don't know when I'll actually see money. We'll have to keep going on this podcast and I'll let you know. <laughs> I'm actually really surprised that iTunes gives you that those metrics that that quickly. Like I've from all I've heard, iTunes is kind of closed down on a lot of that stuff. Like you won't you'll get that stuff and it'll be like pretty sparse and you won't it'll be kind of foggy. So it's kind of cool to hear that you're actually getting numbers this quickly. Well, that's because this distributor has the iTunes account. Okay. So he's he can manage and see the back end because that that's basically their store, right? And so he's managing that store from the back end. So that is the nice part of it. Um, you know, I was talking actually. Uh, I'm I'm actually just so heartbroken today because I was introduced. I, many people may have heard that I met Donna Reed's daughter at uh, the Julian Dubuque International Film Festival a few weeks back. Um, she and I have been talking about doing a documentary with World War II um, letters that GIs had sent her mom. And in doing that, uh, she just loved our film and she introduced it to a distributor who helped us repackage the Donna Reed show. And uh, he saw the film and was just blown away by it. And he's a well-known distributor, uh, been in the business forever, has an incredible reputation and wanted to distribute our film. And... I mean, he can walk it into Netflix and Hulu and Amazon and all of that. Uh, he was crushed that, you know, the rights were already given away for that. Um, but what he did tell me, because we did start talking about the Brave Dutch, is that I could partner with him at this point, you know, or anybody, and he they could take it to a Netflix, whether it's a series or a documentary, and basically, like, we want $3 million to tell this story. They give you the money. Everybody gets paid. You go and make your thing. And they do have, you know, to review the edit and all that other stuff. And But you turn it over to them and it's gone. And basically, you've made your money and been paid for something like that. But your thing is on Netflix. And in that case, I don't think you would get any metrics or really have a really good understanding of what's happening with your film other than you know, what, what's public, but it's, this distribution game is really fascinating. That, that 3 million up front sounds pretty good. <laughs> I'm just throwing out a number. I'm just throwing out a number. Anything up front sounds pretty good. Cause I mean, you're still, I mean, you got bills to pay, right. You know? And so. Yeah. David Patterson and I were talking about this. I mean, on the one hand, as a filmmaker, I love the fact that I own the girl who wore freedom. It is my property. It will always be my baby. I will pass it down to my children. We own that film. Uh, and I love that part of it. But at the same time, I also, right now, own all the debt. And in the end, you know, probably won't make any money from it. Um, so David said, you know, look, if you can create a piece of art and get paid to do it, and it gets seen, um, 
you haven't lost anything. That's probably a really good way to go. Right, right. And so I have to agree with him about that. So I certainly will be um, looking to make a deal like that, I think, for The Brave Dutch. Especially for the types of films that you're making. You know, I mean, it's not necessarily going to turn into a franchise or sequels or, I mean, maybe it could be a series on a a streaming service or something, but. And oftentimes, um, you know, I've, I've heard of, of people doing this, you know, it's like, you know, you, you work for Netflix or you work for Warner brothers or, or whatever, you make a lot of money. And so then you can kind of take that and make your next thing that you own. So it's like one for you, one for me, one for you, one for yeah. me. And it's, it's a trade-off. And so there's, there's a lot of interesting strategies you can try to, um, employ, uh, that way. So it's like, you know, pick, picking, you know, picking your battle pretty much like, okay, can I do the one where I, I make a lot of money and then use that to make two others that I own? And, you know, there's, there's sure. a lot of arguments for it and against it. <laughs> absolutely. There's, there's absolutely arguments for and against it. I just think one thing that I am learning is that it's a lot, I think it's a lot more challenging right now to sell a series to Netflix or Hulu or Amazon or Peacock or, wherever, unless they order it, you know, or unless they have given the money for it, like to come with them to them with a package series, there's not as much incentive for them to buy it. That's why Amazon is not taking any, you know, unscripted content right now, because they got a glut of it and they can make it themselves. So I think if I want to do a series with the Brave Dutch, which I would prefer to do, it might be more possible to get it made and seen if I do it in the way we just discussed. So the Donna Reed guide, I mean, he liked your movie. Sorry, can't, you know, participate, but I got other projects. I mean, did that come up? Yeah. Oh, of course. I pitched the whole thing to him. Okay. And? So, uh, yeah. I'm going to put it all together. I'm going to send him a whole bunch of stuff and, uh, and we're going to talk next week. Oh, so. there you go. Could be exciting. And then what's happening with, uh, remind us where you're at with Delta. Yeah. So that's super exciting. That's really, really come together in the last couple of days. Um, so just kind of want to back up, uh, to what's happening. I, when everybody's listening to this, this will all already happen. Uh, but I'm at a family wedding, uh, this week, my nephew James is getting married. And so that's why I'm in Paducah, Kentucky. Uh, but on Sunday um, or Saturday, I leave and I fly to Greenville, South Carolina, where we're going to be in the Reedy Reels Film Festival there. And then that same day, Sunday is D-Day, we drive to Beaufort, uh, South Carolina, where we're going to do an event for the Beaufort Film Society, try to help them make some money. Then we're going to drive to Atlanta, have a dinner with Delta executives. And then the next day, we are going to be doing a presentation actually going to be recorded for all the employees at Delta that will be aired around in August when our film is set to um, go on their planes in August. Uh, the executives are super excited about this film because they uh, there is a strong connection to Michelin. Uh, David Chapman, who is in our film, is now a sales rep for the military for Michelin. And it's a great Thing that Michelin and Delta can do together to talk about um, military and civilian relationships. There's a lot of veterans that work uh, 
at Delta and at Michelin. And so this just encourages conversation and teaches, you know, teaches people how to ask veterans questions and listen and interact with them more. So, um, you know, I'm super, I'm super excited about this, looking forward to meeting the Delta executives and, you know, talking to them more about what we can do with the girl who wore freedom. So Delta, iTunes, film festival run is, it's got to be coming to near an end, is it not? Yeah. I mean, I haven't gotten any acceptances. I, we do still have some ones that we have to hear back from. Um, you know, I'm going to check my dashboard and film freeway real quick while we're talking here to tell you exactly how many, um, it looks like we've had 150 total submissions. We've been selected for 28 film festivals. Um, we have 11 to hear back from, and we have a 21% selection rate, which is very healthy. Um, so we, we have 11 to hear back from, but I do think we're sort of, um, coming to the end today, as I'm speaking is June 3rd, and we are in person at the Red Rose Film Festival in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And Bob and Janie Miller are going to be my representatives since I'm not able to be there. So if you're listening to this, Bob and Janie, thank you so much for being there to meet uh, people in person and to talk to them about buying our film on iTunes. Hopefully that will help us drive some sales. And uh, we are currently in the Nice International Film Festival. That's a streaming film festival. I have an award ceremony for that tomorrow night. Um, actually, it's tomorrow morning. It's 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. So um, we've been nominated for a lot of the awards at that film festival. And then um, there's one more, the Reedy Reels. The, yeah, so Red Rose, Reedy Reels, and Nice are kind of going on right now. And I don't have any others in the pipeline after that. I still have to hear back from 11, but right now we don't have any word. So. So then what's next? So if, if, if the film festivals are kind of wrapping up, Delta's going to do, you know, release their film in August. You've got, you're just kind of hoping, you know, things do well on iTunes and I guess you have a marketing campaign there. I mean, is there much more, is there, is there more to the campaign strategy? Is there more potential yeah, so, releases well, or? So one of the things I want to do right now is stop and give a huge shout out to Savannah Woods, Mindy Cook, Bethany Valero, Jonathan Liu, um, these guys have been the Zach Callahan. These guys have been the core of our marketing effort. They're the ones putting all the posts on social media. They're the ones, um, you know, doing the email blasts to everyone. And because of those guys, we have been getting all of those reviews and we have been making those sales. And the plan is for that to continue. We're going to have to have that continue so that people will buy and discover our film. It's going to take some time for it to pick up steam and stay in the top numbers. So that marketing effort on those platforms is not going to go away. Film Factory Studio is also marketing on their social media platforms, and that's and that's paid media. So we're paying some to advertise on social media platforms. FFS is doing the same thing. And they're also advertising within iTunes. So that stuff is going to continue so that we can continue to make sales. FFS is going to continue to reach out to 
channels. Like this week, they were going to reach out to Peacock, um, you know, and some other streaming places um, or cable channels. So they're going to keep doing that. And we're just going to keep hoping to sell the film to make, you know, to somehow break even. That's the goal there. Um, and for personally, because this film is so personal to me and because I do feel like there are healing properties for veterans, I feel like there are educational opportunities um, for people in high school and college, I will continue to take this film on the road. Um, and we've had lots of opportunities to do that. Um, in August, I'm going to be back in Polson, Montana. I was invited there to come and pr- present the film at a Bible camp. So I'm going to show the film there. And then, uh, you know, I've been asked to, in Idaho, there is a guy that owns three movie theaters and he has asked for a limited release of the film for those movie theaters, um, maybe around, you know, um, Veterans Day or something like that. So I'll do that. Um, L'Oreal, like I've mentioned L'Oreal in the past, they want to do an event sometime around Veterans Day as well, where I would come, bring the film, talk, have people from the film be there. Um, So where where would you go? New York, New York City. And they do have smaller companies all over the U.S., which they might also want me to go and do. So I'm still receiving a lot of requests for me to come. Massanutten Military Academy I'm going to be going to, I think, in uh, October. Um, I'm going to be going to Clarksville, Tennessee in the middle of September because they have the Welcome Home Veterans Celebration. So whenever I'm asked, I'm going to take the show on the road. I am, you know, people are now paying for that because I can't lose money. It's no longer a raising money effort for me. It's really, um, you know, a job has become a job. So, um, I care very much about, uh, using this film for the good in the lives of others. So whenever I'm asked to go somewhere, I will go. Do you still have a PR person or what have you? A publicist? Yeah. Or publicist? I do have a publicist. I'm so excited that you mentioned that. Acacia Publishing. They actually got me a interview tomorrow with Newsmax. Uh, Newsmax did an interview with me some time ago. Um, and so they want to do an uh, interview about D-Day. So I'm going to do that tomorrow. Uh, and we've had some great reviews. We had Lindsay Dunn did a review of our film and Nick, I forget how you say his last name, but he also gave us a really good review. I just did an interview with a Clemson university newspaper. So what's been super exciting is that, uh, the publicists have, they sent out a press release about our release of the film. And so they've been fielding interview requests for me. Um, they had a lot of people asked to see the film. Uh, so that was encouraging. So, um, so yeah, that's happening. Awesome. 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 All right. Um, uh, you mentioned something, your public, Oh, WGN. Did we talk about WGN? Oh, uh, we, we didn't, but we can. Well, that's still available online. I, I watched it. You were interviewed in the, you know, Chicago local WGN, which is a big deal. And you were interviewed with some guy from formerly from second city who I was confused. He did a, a, a comedy short. I wasn't really sure it wasn't military related, but he's got a military background and that's why he was featured along with you because your film was obviously about, you know, military and so forth. So, uh, and he, he did a good job. Yours was much more 
more interesting, but, um, well, but I, his name, yeah, his name is Jonah. He did, he's a Chicago filmmaker. He did go to second city and he was formerly in the Marines and his was a 16 minute short, basically, um, someone's sweatshirt. It's called the sweatshirt and someone's sweatshirt had been taken hostage. And, uh, there was this negotiation to get it back unharmed. And so he, be, the GI film festival has people in, you know, their films are not just about the military, but they're made by military veterans. And so that's what his was. Since we were both Chicago filmmakers, the GI Film Festival was amazing in curating um, speaking opportunities for their filmmakers. And so that one happened for WGN. And I was thrilled about that. They asked great questions. They had seen the movie and it ended up being a very good interview. So um, yeah, it is still online. People can see it. Uh, But did you have a question like about that? No, I just want to make people aware of it. Uh, it's worth checking out. It's, I mean, I, I think I'm, I'm interested in you know the marketing and how is this movie going to be? How, pe- how will people learn about this film? Uh, I am curious to know too. You know, your the Holy Post just came out a day ago, and that's that's a big listening audience. And you, as from what I can tell, that was the first time you mentioned it was on iTunes, if I'm not mistaken, because you hadn't yeah, been on it, it was, a couple weeks. Yeah, it had, I hadn't been on in two weeks and it had just released. So I did, you know, um, pitch it on the Holy Post and I do hope to see an uptick. I mean, this weekend is D-Day and it's a wonderful time to watch our film. And so I really did, you know, invite people to kind of celebrate D-Day by watching this film. And I hope, uh, I hope people will. I, I was very excited this week for two things. Um, there is a teacher, Todd Anton, who I met in St. Mary Glees in 2018 when we were filming. Um, he's an award-winning teacher. He was on the board of the World War II Museum. He's written a whole bunch of World War II books. We have him. He's written blogs for us on the girlywarfreedom.com. Um, Todd Anton has a huge network. He actually is Susan Anton's brother, um, if you guys remember her from the 80s. Um, so Todd, he was so excited about this film. He's been so helpful. I drafted, um, you know, an email about our cooperation and he then was able to send it out to four, the homes of 480,000 students. So it went to all of their parents in the San Bernardino County area. And so that's the largest reach we've had for an advertising effort about our film. So it'll be interesting to see if that um, produces any results. And then this guy, Nick, uh, I'm so sad I can't remember his name. Um, I don't know why I want to say Nick uh, Salvatore or something. Oh, it's S-A-V-I-D-E-S. Savides? I don't know how you say it, but anyway, he has 16,000 followers on Twitter. He wrote the review and tweeted it out. Um, and he also put it on Facebook and Instagram. So I'll be interested to see if those mentions drive up sales this weekend with Memorial Day weekend coming up. No, D-Day weekend coming up. What, one thing um, I meant to mention at the beginning of the podcast, which I apologize for not saying this, is uh, George was supposed to be on this podcast. If you remember, he's a World War II veteran who is telling a story about his lady friend, and we left it on a cliffhanger and said, come back next week. And it was supposed to be this week where we told the story. <laughs> so the cliffhanger, the cliff is just getting longer and longer. Um, huh. So if you've been wondering, where's George? Uh, sorry for not mentioning that earlier. 
but he was supposed to be on here today and he wasn't able to make it, but he's coming back, right? Yeah, we're going to have him on next week. It'll be a little easier for us all to do that. Uh, he was very excited to be here today. We just got our wires crossed on the time. So, uh, yeah, he'll be back next week. We'll learn if he meets his lady friend again. I can't wait to hear more about that story. And then we'll actually learn about him becoming a filmmaker <laughs> at 81. He could have four episodes to get here. But, I mean, I wouldn't have created those episodes for anything. I'm just so thankful that we've been able to hear his story. He's such an unbelievable veteran. Yes, an amazing gentleman, World War II vet, and uh, he started his film career at age 81, and he's in his 90s now. Yeah. Apparently, still going strong, so there's there's hope for people like me who still want to make movies, I guess. <laughs> yeah, there's hope for you. You know, I do just want to say one thing as I'm thinking about filmmakers that are listening to this and you're contemplating your own marketing strategy. Um, there, are, there are a few things I really want you to keep in mind. Your fan base that you curate over the course of your pre-production, principal photography, post-production, your fundraising, when they are on your team for, from the beginning, they will be with you through the end. And I've been so encouraged by how all of the people that have helped us, I mean, I'm going to get choked up thinking about it. All of the people who've been there with us from the beginning, who've given so much money, you know, who have cheered us on at film festivals, they're the same people who are buying copies of the film, even though they've already seen it or have access to it any time, uh, because they, they are so invested in the story. And that is one thing that I have loved about this grassroots marketing, is that if somebody was to come and just give us a big chunk of money... Um, we would have missed out on this very special part of this being a huge group team effort. I've gotten to know so many wonderful people over the last three years and developed such precious relationships through, through this process of, of, of making it a collaborative team effort that we're making this, you know, baby and we're getting it out into the world. Um, they're going to be the ones that stand by you. So continue to talk to your friends and family. Continue to have rough cut screenings of your film. Try to expand your network. Uh, try to figure out how you can make a difference in the world in, in different events so that you can meet other people who are invested in your topic and in your story uh, because they're the ones that are going to carry you through across the finish line. Good word. Good word for sure. Um, and Christian, from the beginning, it's been made clear you're great at getting people involved. And uh, <laughs> so you, you found your niche for sure. So, well, hey, before we uh, part ways, what, what do we need to leave people with in terms of, I mean, we obviously go, you can, if you, if you want to purchase the film, you can go to iTunes. If you want to make a donation, you can still do that. Um, anything else we need to remind people about? Well, let me just give everybody a financial update. Um, I have been able to pay off all of the individual contractors that were working for me. I'm su still super stoked about that. Thank you, Julie Danis. Uh, we have about 27000 in debt we're trying to retire. We still have um, about $1,000 every month of overhead. So we are still taking donations and gratefully so. Um, and we have started a Patreon 
we started Patreon. And and what's so exciting is that we already have about $250 in pledges and monthly pledges. And that's super exciting, you guys, because that means I'm going to start paying you. (laughs) (laughs) It may only be $10 a week, but it will be something. So I'm super happy about that. Um, We really do hope to get up to $400 a month um, to kind of cover our bases. Uh, But I'm super excited because we have fun things that we can fulfill, fun, like, uh, what are they called? Perks that we can fulfill for people. So I'm going to have to be talking to you guys about that. You're not going to have to be having a dinner with anybody just yet, but you know, you never know. Um, so if you're not supporting us on a monthly basis, please go to our Patreon. I don't have the address for that and it's not on our website yet because it's so new, but just go to Patreon and search documentary first. Uh, you'll find us there. And, um, Yes, it's uh, patreon.com forward slash doc first podcast. Thank you, Jason. He's the button pushing guy. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, so go to that Patreon, uh, pick a level. Uh, you know, if you get up at the high levels, uh, it's pretty amazing. You get to go to Normandy with us next summer. So, um, go check that out and then, um, go to iTunes. Go to iTunes, watch us on the chart. You can cheer us on if nothing else. But just know that if you um, rate, review, buy or rent, you will help us stay up in the top of the charts. And that's really what we're looking for. Um, And then please open our emails. Open our emails. Read our emails. There's lots of interesting emails. If you're not getting our emails go to our website and sign up for our emails. It's at the bottom of our webpage. You can input your email address and you can be added there and you'll be the first to know everything that happens with us. Um, We have some 77th anniversary D-Day specials in our shop. So we took um, these paintings that are in Danny's parents' bar, bar of June 6th, and we put them on the back of t-shirts And we created a 77th anniversary design. And if you purchase those, those go to helping our film as well. Uh, So there's, there's a lot of ways you can get involved and be a part of, continue to be a part of our team. Awesome. Well, very exciting about the Patreon news. I'm looking forward to spending my money on a cup of coffee. So (laughs) thank you for that. Um, But anyhow, well, well, uh, again, Christian, uh, very excited to see the film progress and you just think of all the challenges and setbacks and dark night of souls and yada, yada, yada. And and here you are already working on your next film (laughs) and, and talking to L'Oreal and Delta and just just places you never thought you'd be right. You know, so, So uh, you know, I just have to give a shout out to Hunter and Jonah, my two boys today, as I woke up this morning and saw we had fallen 16th on the top documentary chart. I was complaining. And Jonah was like, are you complaining? Has anyone <laughs> else in our family made a movie? You know, really? You're complaining? And then Hunter was like, mom, mom, you're 16 out of every documentary that's on iTunes. Right. And you're complaining about that. <laughs> it was really sort of a check. And I was like, oh, okay, I just need to keep things into persp- in perspective and realize how far we have come from an idea of, hey, I should make a documentary. How hard can it be? How hard can it be? 
Well, if you've been paying attention to this podcast, you know. So, yes. um, and uh, we want to thank you for participating in this podcast and listening to Documentary First, where, of course, we believe everyone has a story to tell and you can be the one to tell it. Yes, you can. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Documentary First. We really appreciate your partnership with us. We can't do any of this without you. So thank you so much for listening, for donating, and for following along on our journey. If you are able to make a donation this week, we would really appreciate it. We are supported by donors who give us $100 or less, so anything helps. Also, if you're able to share the news about the girl who wore freedom with your friends and family, please do that on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or email. And sign up for our newsletter at thegirlwhowarefreedom.com. Please go to thegirlwhowarefreedom.com slash donate to make a donation today.